1: Paid for by America First Legal. You're listening to the Huddle Up Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Bronco's Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. we are
2: live, but we gotta let it breathe just for a moment here. While we bring on the uh, Facebook tribe and get us all under one tent here, bear with us for just a moment. And we are good. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up podcast, presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle, powered by Overtime Media. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me, as always, my partner in crime, my fellow football priest, fresh off a day off. You know him, you love him, Zach Kelberman. Zach, bro, I mean, we've, we've missed quite a few uh, little tidbits. First thing I wanted, since, since we were last live, the first thing I wanted to get your thoughts on now, we'll get to this terrible CBS Sports mock here in just a moment, but your thoughts on our sponsor, sportsbetting.com, making the Broncos the leader in the clubhouse to land Matthew Stafford. What was your reaction to that?
3: Uh, I can't say I'm surprised. I mean, it's it's a local company that's based in Colorado, and the Broncos obviously need a quarterback. And they've been and like him said on 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 Kelberman's Corner, when every quarterback becomes available, Broncos country wants to pounce. And by association, Vegas oddsmakers start to connect the dots, and any available quarterback they give the Broncos good odds. But along those lines, the Niners were up there, the Colts were up there, and I still tend to believe those are the actual front runners for Stafford Services. I don't put too much stock into what Vegas says. Obviously, it's good for the sect of Broncos country that wants Matt Stafford, but I still think it makes a lot more sense if he goes to San Francisco or Indianapolis, two teams that are a Stafford away from winning a title. What I'm hearing is that, I mean, I know the, the odds right now are with the Broncos for whatever reason,
2: but... What I'm hearing is that it's going to be Indianapolis that makes the biggest push to, to land him because, I mean, look, you, they brought in Phillip Rivers. What did he do, win 11 games, I think? I mean, he did. He, he knocked it out of the park, but, you know, he's Phillip Rivers. He's old and breaking down. He makes bad decisions in the clutch. Meanwhile, Stafford, who's no spring chicken, he's 33, but he's still got that arm. That's the one thing, like, if the Broncos did make this trade and landed Matthew Stafford and it's bye-bye Drew Loughlin, Depending on what the depending on what the compensation was, the one thing that I'd be able to console myself with Zach is he does have one of the stronger arms in the NFL, and then you go from there and just hope that they can uh, you know make some magic. But it sounds like it's going to be Colts. We'll see about Niners, but
3: Broncos, Niners, Colts. We'll see. You know who else had a strong arm? Joe Flacco. I, again, I, you know, people got on me or us specifically, particularly for comparing Matt Stafford to the Case Kingdom and Joe Flacco acquisitions. But just having a strong arm isn't enough for me anymore. Drew Locke has a strong arm, Chad, and he's gotten so much flack and crap the last couple seasons. He's far from a finished product. You know, it depends on the price, as always. I don't want to give up a number nine overall pick for Matt Stafford, thirty-three years old. And as a football fan, I would love to see what Kyle Shanahan can do. With an above average quarterback that's not named Jimmy Garoppolo. So I think that's a good destination for him. And Indianapolis, Chicago's up there as well. And Washington, that could be a sleeper team. They're also, they have a strong defense. They were a playoff team. They're a quarterback away from being contenders under Ron Rivera. There's just so many other suitors out there for Matt Stafford that make more sense than the Broncos. But as of now, what we know is they are the odds on favorite. So one last thing I want to get to. Then we're
2: going to say thank you to our sponsor, and then we're going to bring on Luke Patterson, who is still alive from the Senior Bowl in Mobile, Alabama, and pick his brain. But I want to get this out real quick first before we get Luke on, and that is the CBS Sports mock um, from, I want to say it was Ryan Wilson, one of our former colleagues when we were at CBS, Zach. His uh, mock draft, the Denver Broncos land. Wait for it. I know you guys saw the thumbnail right here, though. Here's Here's who – the Denver Broncos draft in Ryan Wilson's mock. And let me just read this real quick. We'll serve it over and then we'll dive into the, to, to the read and then grab Luke here. But he says, uh, this all comes down to how the front office feels about Drew Locke, who has struggled with consistency during his two years in the NFL. Jones doesn't have Locke's arm strength or athleticism, but he does everything else really, really well. If he impresses at the Senior Bowl this week, which already he has, his stock will only improve your thoughts.
3: This is another national media type who obviously doesn't follow the Broncos and is just pigeonholing an available quarterback to Denver at number nine overall. But Chad, if you scroll through this first round of this draft, it really is the worst mock I've seen so far. And that's quite the accomplishment. He has the Eagles taking a tight end. He has Fields falling out of the top 10. Mac Jones before Justin Fields. What are you thinking? What kind of mock draft is this, Chad? So, could I see Mac Jones being a riser? Absolutely. There's always one in every draft class. Do I think he's a franchise quarterback? Absolutely not. I think he's on the Daniel Jones spectrum, maybe even a little below that. So number nine, way, 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 way too rich for my blood. I'd rather have Stafford than have Mac Jones at nine. Put it that way.
2: All right. We'll We'll uh, we'll talk more about it. We want to get Luke's thoughts on this, obviously. He's uh, waiting in the green room. So first, before we bring Luke on and, and see what's going on, what the latest is from the senior bowl. we got to say thank you to the presenting sponsor tonight's live stream podcast, Manscaped. Listen up gang, 2020, put it in the rear view. It's, it's 2021. And that means it's time to embrace the new year, new me mindset. The best way to start cultivating that is with Manscaped. Manscaped is the best in men's below the waist grooming, offering precision engineered tools for your family jewels and helping 2 million men around the world. Keep it, keep it clean, keep it on point below the belt. And Zach, you know my favorite thing. I'm actually, as I've explored all the different products that they've sent us over the last few months, my favorite still the the, the lawnmower 3.0. I know you've got your favorites, but I'm telling you, dude, this cologne is legit, and they got a lot of little uh, we'll, we'll say assets to help you keep your your yep. grooming on point.
3: Yeah, I wish we can give our audience a sniff test as to the cologne because it's actually really uh, pleasant. It's not overpowering. You need a little bit. It actually smells like it's a uh, high end cologne. I am partial to the Weed Whacker, whereas Chad has a lawnmower. I talk about this all the time, but one thing with the lawnmower, though, it doesn't just have to be below the belt. It doesn't have to just be the unmentionables. I use it on my arms, on my shoulders, on my back, on my neck when I go to the gym. Anyone who works out and wants to look better in public, you can use it all over your body. If you want to feel better, look better, there is no better product on the open market that's affordable than Manscaped.
2: That's right. So come out of quarantine, well-groomed, below the waist, the Lawnmower 3.0. This is a waterproof, skin-safe trimmer that reduces nicks to your two best buddies. And the third-generation trimmer even has the light, which I'll flash real quick, to illuminate those hard-to-see spots in 2021. So get in on the action gang right now. If you go to manscaped.com, you can get 20% off and free shipping if you use the code HUDDLE, as you see on the screen there. Your family jewels will thank you. Trust.
3: Yes. Get 20% off guys and free shipping with the code huddle at manscaped.com. Again, that's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the code huddle. Happy new year to you and your family jewels.
2: All right. One last thing. And then we're grabbing Luke. Just I'm going to breeze through this really fast only on Twitter guys. Keep the conversation going outside of these live streams by connecting with us on Twitter at huddle at pod at mile high huddle. Zach Kelberman at Kelberman NFL, which I just realized I got to turn this back on. Um, at Kelberman NFL, as you can see on the screen, myself, at Chad and Jensen. And our producer, you know, I'm Buona Beast on Twitter, at John K. So
3: this is the Overtime Podcast Network.
0: Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site
1: Further ado, let's bring on
2: Luke Patterson, who is boot's on the ground for us in Mobile. What's going on, Luke? How are you, my friend?
4: I'm exhausted. I'm caffeinated. I'm excited to be here, man. Uh, This has been excellent. Tonight will be the first night I actually get out of my hotel room and try to figure out what's going on in the NFL. You guys know that sometimes those cold pops start flowing, and then that's where you start getting your information. So I'm pumped to be with you guys. We had an exciting day, too, and... I'm seeing this Mac Jones thing going yeah. to the Denver Broncos. Um yeah. we got to chat about that.
2: Well, let's talk about it real quick and I know Zach's got a couple of questions for you but just off the bat, I know that you've been impressed with Mac Jones up to this point <laughs> in the 2 days you've watched him practice in Mobile. I know there's a lot of other people and draft that are on the, on on the boots on the ground there with you that are have been equally impressed but would pick nine be a little too rich for your blood? I know you're starting to view him more in the first round conversation, but would that be a bridge
4: too far? You bet it's a bridge too far. I'm not going to try to be mean and, and slam anyone's mock draft, right? It's the season of mock drafts. Good Lord. Um, mock whoever you want right now. It doesn't really matter. I will say this I do protect, I, I do project Mac Jones to be a first round quarterback right now. To me, he's probably going to be the fifth quarterback taken off the board, uh, but number nine overall. Man, no way. You're No way. It feels way too rich, and I'm not trying to slam any of the the young men here trying to get their NFL career started, but Mac Jones is definitely in his own talent class here in the Senior Bowl, and that's putting it nicely. Um, So when you're grading Mac Jones, when I'm starting to look at him, yeah, he's throwing multiple touchdowns yesterday and today. Yes, he looks the most confident, and he's the field general out there, but – the competition, it's not quite there. So it's really tough to judge where Mac Jones is at. But number nine, I can tell you, he's not going to be there.
3: Uh, first of all, Luke, I love the intensity. It's like someone's holding a mirror up to me right now. So I, I like to see it from <laughs> the other side of the window. Appreciate uh, it. We had, we had you on Monday, Luke, and obviously we didn't have you on last night. We were in potting. But in the last 48 hours, what are some prospects from the Senior Bowl that have really caught your attention? Break it down for Broncos country.
4: Yeah, well, Quinn Miners should be a name that everyone's familiar with because Daniel Jeremiah is calling him his favorite player. Um, DJ, of course, got a little, I think, excited yesterday when he saw the center, Division Three center from Wisconsin Whitewater, if you've ever heard of that school. Uh, this dude is just bossing people, Zach. He's pancaking linebackers. He's pancaking defensive linemen. He's got Ryan Jensen to his game. Now, I know Mm -hmm. Broncos country saying, Luke, why do you care about a center? We've got Lloyd Cushenberry. Well, you know what? Center and guard have been a very tough position for the Denver Broncos. And we're looking at the right guard right now with Graham Glasgow. Some can argue that his performance was very below average. Maybe he wasn't worth that money. Uh, This kid, I'm telling you, uh, Miners, Quinn Miners, watch out for that name because this dude is dominating. He dominated in the pit. He's just a beast of a dude. He's got his jersey rolled up just like the old school dudes, but he doesn't have the big fat belly hanging out. He's a strong core dude. Again, shades of Ryan Jensen. I like him a lot. And then Zach Chad, I think I finally found a coverage linebacker for the Broncos in Justin Hilliard. Uh, he's one out of Three Ohio State linebackers, one uh Tough Borland I wrote about earlier in the week, and then Browning, who's here and having a great show as well. But this kid, Justin Hilliard, guys, at six foot two hundred and twenty-seven pounds, he can cover tight ends, running backs. And today he even showed he can cover some receivers, in addition to having exciting pass rushing moves, which I wasn't excited to I was really excited to see, but I wasn't expecting a coverage linebacker to show some pass rushing moves as well. So uh, really surprised there. He's got tons of injury concerns, though. This is a guy that spent six years at Ohio State. The NCAA ultimately granted him uh, an extra year of eligibility just because he had two torn biceps. He had an Achilles injury. Uh, Just bad luck, but he was able to get back on the field last year. I like him a lot, and then Chad asked me about linebackers yesterday, and I was so into cornerbacks and wide receivers I had to circle around. I found a linebacker also from LSU. His name's Jabril Cox, and this guy is a thumper, Chad. He's a guy that you'd love. Um, He's got some shades of Todd Davis to his game in terms of willing to step up in the hole and meet a player there, but he's also able to cover tight ends. Is that the LSU guy? Yeah, that's right. He's the LSU guy, 6'2", 233 pounds, and guess what? He did not start in the SEC. He came over from North Dakota State, spent one year with LSU, and it was a heck of a year for the guy. He's impressing scouts out here. He's mean, he's physical, and he's your thumper. So what are you hearing just as
2: far as the scuttlebutt? Because, you know, you're there, and, of course, the whole national focus of the, the media that covers the NFL is it the senior bowl? But you're also, I'm sure, seeing a lot of the familiar faces we all know from Denver media. Yep. What's the scuttlebutt that you're picking up? Maybe even just in theory, maybe it's just, mm-hmm. you know, uh tinfoil hat on why George Payton <laughs> stayed back in, in Denver. Because I know your boy, Cecil Lamy, he wasn't he wasn't having that. He thought George mm-hmm. Payton ought to be here. Um, but you know, one of the conspiracies, of course, is that he's staying back because if the if you're gonna strike on Matthew Stafford, you gotta do it now. Do you think there's any truth to that? What are you hearing?
4: Uh, I'm hearing question marks. The spin doctors will tell you everything's fine. Don't worry about it. George Payton doesn't need to be here. He sent nine scouts. Don't worry. Uh, yes, worry. John Lynch is here. Okay. Nick Saban made an appearance to say hi to Najee Harris today and some of his guys. Uh, you've got tons of GMs down here and for the love of God, I can't figure out why George Payton wouldn't be here. This is a dude who made his bones scouting and he's not here. I'm scratching my head because... Chad, you know, Zach, you know, we can do things from everywhere in 2021. We're mobile, we're digital, sometimes for the worse, right? But if George Payton wanted to trade for Matthew Stafford, he could do it here in Mobile, Alabama. There, I don't know why he's not here. I'm concerned. I'm very concerned if I'm going to be honest with you guys. This is uh, the honeymoon period for George Payton. I'm going to find out a little bit more tonight on on what's going on with Matthew Stafford. What's going on with George Payton? Oh, we've got coaching vacancies to fill. Last time I checked, coaches don't win Super Bowls. Players do. And the Broncos are just deprived of talent. There are so many holes. I'm really disappointed because I was looking forward to seeing the scout of scouts. Mr. George Payton, the guy that's sleeping on the couch, the guy that came up and, and broke his teeth and salt of the earth guy. Well, he's not here in Mobile. And I can definitively tell you guys, when I'm scouting and, and Daniel Jeremiah is scouting Division Three players, Okay, Um, George Payton, you're missing out on some of those opportunities.
2: All right. I know time is limited. So I want to grab one of these super chats from one of our superstars and uh, longtime listener, MHH superstar, David Kilgore. Just one of the one of our favorite YouTube profile pics. I mean, rocking it like a boss, repping the brand. He says, Luke, what do you think of Justin Huber from K-State?
4: I like him a lot. I like him a lot. Fiery, a fiery player, lots of energy. Um, I'd like to ask, you know, Dalton Eisner a little bit about him because again, you're starting to see Coach Schneider and some of his Kansas State players still making the rounds. It's so interesting to see that each school team tends to put out different positions, right? So you've got Kansas State offensive lineman, defensive lineman. You've got Ohio State linebackers, LSU linebackers, Florida receivers, Oklahoma, Georgia, corners. Uh, I like Herbert a lot. I think Herbert has a lot of potential. His draft stock is certainly increasing. But, Chad, you've covered this event. Zach, you've covered enough events. You're one of the best football minds I know. Uh Appreciate It's it. not about day one. It's not about day two. It's about the entire week. I've seen guys that have been all-stars in day one that have just gone ghost the rest of the week, and their draft stock has plummeted because of that. Herbert, I'm not expecting his stuff to, to go away anytime soon, man. He's a fiery guy. I'm hearing in the stands, oohs and ahs, and that's always a good sign. Luke, we have one
3: more question, obviously, but I have a r- real quick question to kind of piggyback off what Chad was saying. Have you heard anything about Stafford? Have you, you know, rubbed elbows with anyone who's kind of whispering rumors about where he might
4: end up? Anything going on in Mobile that you've been privy to? I'll be honest with you, Zach. No, I wish I could say, uh, yes, yeah. I have the inside on Matthew Stafford. I might have a different answer for you tomorrow night. Again, I'm going to go try to have a couple cold pops with the fellas tonight. Socially distance of course, because God <laughs> forbid if we do anything. That's not that. Um, but uh, that's where those things tend to come out. I will tell you guys this though, because I don't want to just leave Broncos country with it. I don't know. I'm hearing a lot of negatives about Drew Locke from other teams hmm. Uh, they're scratching their head. They're saying, what's the deal with this kid? Are they ready to move on? Is it, what is it? Is it mental? Is it, he's not picking up the scheme. Why hasn't he cleaned up his footwork? Uh, these are questions and comments that are coming from other teams and AFC teams, NFC teams. It's a consistent theme that I'm hearing. So when mile high huddle staff is saying that Drew Locke needs to improve and it's not good enough, it's not, us being drew lock haters it's the truth i've liked drew lock since missouri but i can tell you right now liking a player and a player being the franchise quarterback are two entirely different things drew comes from a great family he's a good dude i think he cares and he works hard but you know what guys there have been plenty of dudes that work hard that don't work out in the nfl so drew lock definitely making some people scratch their heads and not getting a ton of compliments here in mobile
2: All right. We got one more and it's a super chat from Kenneth Booker. John, if you can throw that back on. Appreciate you, Kenneth. He says, and by the way, we're still on for that date, right? Bringing you on the show. Uh, He says, uh, Luke, what first round guy slides to the second that we should target? So someone who's been garnering Hmm. first round caliber buzz that might slide to day two. Is there someone you got in mind for Kenneth?
4: Man, Najee Harris is such a beast. I expect him to go in the first round, but second round at the latest. Uh, my my podcast partner, Nick Kendall, is gonna his mind's gonna explode because he you, you know can't stand running backs in the premier draft draft rounds for good reason. Look at Clyde Edwards-Alaire, but the Chiefs are still firing on all cylinders. Um, Najee Harris, man, he's not practicing. He's here, but he's not practicing. He's smart move. Um, I could see him potentially falling to the second just because they could be a run on quarterbacks, guys. I mean, you guys talked about it. Daniel Jones, I liked that comp- comparison a lot, Zach, with, with Mac Jones. And when you start to see teams that are desperate, and Broncos have been one of those teams in the past that reach for players, right? right. Uh, that means some of those elite talents can slip. And I would hate to call an Alabama running back an elite talent that slipped to the second round because that's still a great thing. Yeah. All
2: right, my brother. Well, thank you for uh, busting tail and spent uh, down in Mobile and peeling off of some, uh, I guess, 15, 20 minutes with us. But thank you, my brother. We're, We're looking forward to having you on again tomorrow night. So get out there and see what you can find tonight with your cold pops. And we'll circle back and see you tomorrow. Guys, follow Luke on Twitter, as you can see on the screen here, at Luke Patterson, LP. Luke, love you. Thanks for making time for us, bro.
4: Yeah, I appreciate you guys. Be sure to get at Mile High Huddle and the Huddle Up podcast, the best podcast for Broncos coverage. You guys be good, and uh, I'm going to go eat some fried food and have some cold pops. All do right, it brother. for the brand, Luke. <laughs> Will do. I'll eat for three. <laughs> All <laughs> right, buddy. There he goes. Thanks, Luke.
2: All right, man. Luke, I mean, that energy, I needed that because I was kind of dragging. I was like, you know, just you know, need a little boost, a little lift. Boom. Love that. Luke's excited. You walls, Luke. can run through Chad. I'm yeah, pumped no up kid. Right I'm now. ready. I needed that, dude. Hey, sometimes you need that reminder that hey, you got to step your energy up a little bit, yo. You got to get after it when you're on the mic. When that camera's on, you got to get busy. So thank you, uh, thank
3: you, Luke. But, uh, but yeah, some interesting insights there, Zach. The lock thing could definitely be an article, you know, for what he's hearing in mobile about Drew Locke and these negative whispers that could easily pertain to Broncos country. That's the first thing mm-hmm. went through my mind, Chad, is the outside perception of Drew Locke isn't very favorable, though you have to keep in mind these are enemy GMs and enemy teams and enemy scouts. Maybe they want to spread disinformation about the Broncos so they don't take a quarterback in this year's draft. It's lying season after all. All right, guys. Uh, we got a couple more things to get
2: to. Uh, but first we also got to tip our cap. To another one of our great sponsors, dedicated sponsors of this show, sportsbetting.com. Zach, take it.
3: It's uh, hang on.
2: You got, you gotta load it up, Chad. Buffering, buffering. No, I can. I, here, I do have it from me. Should I just grab it? Yeah, I can't. It's... Yeah, no worries. Technical difficulties, they happen. Yeah, time to time it... Listen up. In the state of Colorado, right now, you might have you might have uh, heard about this, right? Gambling is now legal. And if you want to make watching your favorite sports a little bit more interesting, you're not too psyched about the Super Bowl with the Tampa Bay Tom Brady's, to quote Nick Kendall and the hated Kansas City Chiefs, but you want to make it a little more interesting, sportsbetting.com can help you do that, starting with their sharp odds and low juice. As you can see, there's other sites out there, other bettors. They're, you know, they're, they're, they had the Broncos, I want to say, as Bet Online had them as like third best odds to to land uh, Matthew Stafford. But sportsbetting.com, they are not a third-party provider of odds where they're pulling odds from other sites. They manufacture them. They make them themselves. And that leads to reduced juice for you and best prices. Plus, you get hassle-free bonuses. You hear us hammer on this all the time where you can roll it over after betting at one time compared to some of the other sites out there five to 30 times. Then you get 24-7 live customer support, and it's always a real person in the United States. But the kicker is this. Right now, gang, after you make your first deposit, sportsbetting.com will double that deposit up to 300 bucks, and that's $300 in free bet credits. So get after it. Go to uh, sportsbetting.com slash milehighhuddle. That is sportsbetting.com slash milehighhuddle. Capitalize on up to $300 in free bet credits. Start 2021 off on the right foot with sportsbetting.com. All right, one last thing, and we'll dive right back into the content. I just want to uh, thank everybody who has just been – You've been crushing the merch store, huddleuppod.com. Zach and I are just, I mean, all of us here at Mile High Huddle, we thank you so much for patronizing the merch store. If you want to get yourself a hat, a hoodie, a mug, T-shirt, there's a little something for everybody out there, go to huddleuppod.com, get your swag on. And then also public service announcement, gang, we're trying to tell you, go to Facebook, become an official supporter of Mile High Huddle because episode four of Kelberman's Corner is going to drop on Sunday at noon, And we want you to have access to that conversation and to that content. Zach, Kim Becker, they're going to be talking about a specific whatever the issue is. I don't want to tease it now, but it's a hot take, but it's going to hold water. If you want in on that, go to facebook.com slash milehighhuddle. That's our page. You'll see the big blue button. Become a supporter. You click that, follow it through. You're in like Flynn. Also, if you're watching now on Facebook, you want to become a supporter, just scroll to the bottom where you would type in your comment. You'll see that little green icon. If you click that, it does the same thing as navigating from the big blue button. So appreciate our our supporters. It's growing and growing. We love and and appreciate each one of you. And then last thing I want to remind everybody is uh, we started a Facebook page for the actual podcast. You know, we we finally got around to doing that. And we need your support on that. We're going to be doing some giveaways here in the next two weeks. We're going to do some random selections, some raffles, pull names of the followers who took this call to action, went to facebook.com. Slash mile high huddle pod. All right. And uh, jumped in and became, you know, all you got to do is follow the page. And two weeks from now, we're going to do a little raffle. Zach, I don't know. We'll throw out a hat, we'll throw out a t shirt, something like that. But it's a huddle up podcast, daily Denver Broncos coverage now on Facebook. Head on over there. I just put the link in the stream and uh, you won't miss a thing.
1: This is the
3: Overtime
4: Podcast Network.
1: Paid for by America first legal. All right, Zach, let's grab Mike Evans.
2: Been waiting patiently. And then I know John's got one queued up for uh, Christian here. Mike, love you, buddy. Appreciate you, my friend. Also, there's something I meant to ask you about Mike, but it's probably better served behind closed doors. So I'm going to DM you later. Look for that, but uh, just appreciate you. my, my, My friend. I just, we love you. Appreciate everything you do. He says, who is the vocal advocate? This is actually, this is a good riff off of what, what, uh, Luke told us, who is the vocal advocate for Drew Locke within the Dove Valley coaching and staff community? So my first response is John Elway, but he's not the driver now. So what would your answer
3: for Mike be? Pat Shermer. Mike Shula, the incumbent coaching staff that worked with Locke last year. We can't say the same about 2019 because they replaced those guys in Scangarello and TC McCartney. So the incumbents, the holdovers, the offensive staff, those are the guys who I would bet are advocating for another year with Locke because they're tied to the hip. I mean, they how Locke performs is how their job is going to go is their future is going to go in Denver. If Locke succeeds, Shermer succeeds. He has a longer rope. And if they succeed, Vic Fangio stays. And if Fangio stays, it means they stay. So I think uh they're in Drew Locke's corner. Maybe some scouts that George Payton is retaining through the NFL draft would, uh would, support drew lock but you're right he lost a big advocate in john elway and george payton has we said this when when they hired him he has zero loyalty to drew lock or anybody else so it's his baby he has final say and if he doesn't like him he'll replace him something tells me that john
2: elway you know he still has sway right he's still the president of football operations and you know it's like he said the last actual sit down one-on-one he did which was with mike close of nine news one of his comments was you know, both both Vic and George report to me. If he has a strong, strong, strong desire for Drew to be the guy, and yet you got George coming to him, this is just like a hypothetical. You got George Payton coming to him saying, I know you love Drew, but Stafford's our chance, or I know you love Drew, but we want to move up and do whatever we can to land whoever, right? Zach Wilson, whatever. I think John's going to say, well, I like Drew, but, you know, do your thing, George. I don't know how much that support to use mike's mike 's word there is really going to serve drew he 's at a point where look he had his opportunity like how many quarterbacks dream of you know going getting drafted yeah you, you weren't a first round pick but you were still a high round pick you were an early second round pick and then you were given the keys to the kingdom to be the guy in year two that's an opportunity you can 't squander now i don't want to be too hard on drew and saying that he blew it because i do think there were plenty of um you know, we talked about the highlights and redeemable points and 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 you could see the ceiling, but way too inconsistent. That's what people what Luke's hearing out there, Zach, what's what really rubbed people wrong was just the inconsistency and the alarming rate of regression. But what people aren't talking about is how we picked it up down the stretch.
3: So we'll see. I think the thing is with him, you can, like you said, you can see the ceiling, but so often the floor kept vanishing. The floor kept falling out beneath through lock, and where is the baseline for his play? If Is he going to be, at worst, a mediocre quarterback? Is he going to be, at worst, a horrible quarterback? Is he going to be, at worst, a good quarterback but not a great quarterback? That's what we want to see from him. We've seen the potential. Now it's all about establishing the consistency and doing it week in and week out and showing the semblance of floor as an NFL starting quarterback with the Denver Broncos.
2: Duke, one of our superstars, love you, bro. Good friend of the show, good friend of mine. He says, "I'm staying with Locke." In my opinion, if he sucks next year, move on. There's always a new up and comer the following year. #Hashtag Stay with Locke. I mean, I'm I'm inclined to, but it just I don't know, Zach. It doesn't really feel like that's the way the momentum is is kind of headed. And before I before I lose this, by the way, great joke here from Glenn. Love you, Glenn. I look ripped compared to Mac Jones. He's more mac and cheese Jones. Touche.
3: Yeah, that shirtless pick wasn't very flattering for Mac Jones. But yeah, it's a, it seems like it's a certainty that Broncos are going to add a quarterback this offseason. We just don't know whether that quarterback is going to be a Matt Stafford and Andy Dalton or a Mac Jones. So we have to really see which direction they want to go. I still happen to believe it's not going be, to be Mac Jones. It's not going to be a, a blockbuster trade for Matt Stafford or Deshaun Watson. Smart money. Maybe it's... Um, cautious optimism, but smart money to me is a veteran coming in like Fitzpatrick, uh, maybe someone like Andy Dalton and being that fail safe, the Oh crap option in case lock bombs in 2021.
2: Christian. Good to see you. My friend, another one of our longtime listeners, one of our superstars in enemy territory. This is a cat in Las Vegas of all places. So appreciate you, Christian. Thanks for your patience. By the way, he says, I just remembered that Brian Dable didn't get a head coaching job, by the way. Neither did Eric B. Enemy. He could be a top target as well if Fangio gets fired next year. Yeah, I mean, I think at the top of the wish list, and who knows, a lot could change between now and the coaching cycle next year. I mean, for all we know, the Bills will come out of the gates and suck. I mean, I don't expect that to happen, but stranger things, right? And Dayball Star could could plummet. And meanwhile, I think it's pretty safe to assume Eric B. Enemy is is the Chiefs offense is going to continue to be prolific and do its thing, but Dayball is an interesting candidate to kind of keep on the on the back burner for the next
3: cycle. Vic Fangio put up or shut up in 2021. Yeah, Dayball is actually my number one target because he's been in the NFL a long enough time now. He's worked up the ranks as opposed to someone like Joe Brady, who is going to have head coaching interviews next offseason, but he's a little too unproven. Uh, but someone like Dayball, Eric Bieniemy, Kellen Moore from Dallas, if or when the Broncos do fire Vic Fangio, it has to be an offensive guy and someone that worked magic with Josh Allen. And if they keep Drew Locke, we all know the Josh Allen-Drew Locke comparisons. That is my guy for the possible, if not probable, coaching search next offseason. By the way, Glenn, great question that you had there for Luke that I did not
2: quite see while he was with us. So come back tomorrow night and um, try and remind me. and We'll try and get that in front of Luke tomorrow because I'd be curious to know the answer to that, that question as well. Uh, All right, let me see where we're at here. We got Kenneth. We took care of Kenneth. What do we got from – what does Albert say? One of our our, uh, supporters. Also a guy that from time to time likes to hop on over to YouTube, fire off a super chat, then go back to Facebook. But Facebook is more Albert's haunt, and we appreciate you as one of our supporters, my friend. His opinion is, I thought some of our losses had to do with coaches and their bad coaching. Some injuries could have happened due to bad coaching. We're always going to wonder about that strength and conditioning uh coach and, and whether or not there's better options out there. But but yeah, the Broncos, there were at least two games that they lost without me even having to think too hard. Two games by virtue of coaching snafu's week one, week 17. All yep. right. Um yeah. <laughs> so what's that seven and nine at minimum? Where else are they going wrong? That's the obvious like facepalm stuff that you that you see that is unmistakable that you can't deny, Zach palpable evidence, empirical evidence. What about the stuff behind the scenes that you don't necessarily see on the surface? That's what I worry about when you see that caliber of stepping on your own, you know what?
3: That's exactly what went through my mind. The first two games were the opener and the finale. Those two games the Broncos should have won. And there were definitely times in the, you know, the 2019 season, Fangio's rookie year where they lost games because of the coaching. Uh, the Chicago game, the Minnesota game, you could argue the Green Bay game. The Broncos were even in the Steelers game this year, but the coaching let the Broncos down a lot. Even with the injuries, even with the pandemic from defense and Fangio to offense and Shermer to special teams and Tom McMahon, the coaching to me was the Broncos biggest downfall this season. This is
1: the overtime podcast network.
0: Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck. That's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site
1: And the new left even promotes surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Savage Boy Kev on
2: Twitch. Appreciate you being with us, my friend. And shout out to our, our Twitch audience. We don't give him all that much love because it's, you know, it's not the, the the biggest of our communities that we stream to directly, but it's growing steady and surely. And Kev, we appreciate you being with us, my friend. He says, I bet you while all these people are making these bad comments about Locke, he's probably working his butt off behind curtains. I say Lock's going to shock the world. Watch, guys. Hashtag let him hate. Love the optimism, my friend. And I do think, look, here's what I'll say. I do think Drew, if given the chance to be the understood guy one last year, I do think that you would see him. I'm more inclined to expect him to take some pretty, some, some, you know, I'll use the palpable word again, steps forward. But you got a new set of eyes on this thing and he might not be inclined, George Payton, especially with the way the opportunities, you know, the forks in the road that are coming his way right now, he's being tempted to divert off of the Drew Locke path and go with the Stafford
3: or go with the Mac Jones or go with the, Wilson or what have you so we'll see but is he though Chad I mean is that a certainty he's gonna we don't know anything yet he can easily roll with Locke for another season and have Brett Rippon as the backup or draft a guy in the fifth round to be the backup we don't really know which direction he's going to go uh common logic points to him acquiring some veteran or some rookie quarterback but It could be Locke. Maybe not the understood guy. I think that's a little too much considering, he, like you said, he didn't prove his worth like he should have last year, but to go into the season as a starter. And if he bombs, they have a backup who can come in and keep the Broncos afloat. I think that's what George Payton, maybe my preference, and I think that's what his preference will be as well.
2: Our friend Jeremy, a.k.a. Black Knight Uh, 232. Thank you, Jeremy. Just with a very, uh, very gracious and very generous... Super chat, love you, buddy. And by the way, we do need to I, we do need to get uh, on the same page and and get into a chat and talk about what we were going to talk about. Sorry, Saturday dude just got away from me, so we'll figure it out. But appreciate you, bro. He says, so can we safely say that the reason the Broncos are in this mess is because of Elway refusing to blow the team up post Super Bowl fifty? Bad drafts, bad coaching staffs, letting his ego get in the way, etc. I think there's some truth to that. It's definitely part of the. It's definitely part of the equation, Zach. You know, you've heard us say it on this podcast many, many times, Jeremy, that Elway was – he fooled himself into thinking that because Peyton Manning wasn't at his best when the Broncos won it all and you had that killer defense, that the Broncos' model was were one middle-of-the-road quarterback away from winning it all again. And it, it led him astray for a few years. I think he eventually got wise – Circa 2018 and on, even though you saw Case come in, and even though you saw uh, Joe Flacco the next year, I think Elway started realizing some of the errors of his ways, and he started rebuilding. It wasn't a you know, as you say, you know, tear it all down, start from scratch, rebuild. It was a, it was more of a gradual rebuild. But the 2018, 2019, 2020 drafts were massive steps in that direction. But you're right. I think the other big component, aside from the quarterback issue. Was he's just not been able to nail the head coach hire post Kubiak? Got it. He nailed it with Kube. You could even say he nailed it with Fox for his time and place. All right. Fox was very successful uh, as a Denver Broncos head coach. And you could argue he was the right guy for the right time, considering who the Broncos had at their disposal to hire. But post Kubiak, Zach went off the rails.
3: Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. I-, I think the 2017. 2017- we should say disaster picking Vance Joseph over Kyle Shanahan really set the Broncos back at least five years. You put Kyle Shanahan with the current Broncos players, they would have gotten in hindsight. That's a playoff team, if not a championship contender team, because you have the proper coaching. And I think the the point you know, the line of demarcation here, remember VJ's opening press conference, he said it's not a rebuild, it's a reboot. You can't do a half measure rebuild in the NFL. You either do it and commit to it, or you don't, and you stay a win-now team. The Broncos tried to have it both ways. And like you said, the quarterback selections, he thought he was a Flacco away from winning or a Keenum away from winning. He was wrong. His drafting was bad. But when you don't have the proper coaches in place, this is where I disagree with Luke just a little bit. Coaching makes all the difference. You saw it in Green Bay. The Packers had a future first ballot Hall of Fame quarterback. They lost that game because of coaching. If they would have had Shanahan in the building or Sean McVay or anyone else but VJ and now Vic Fangio, they'd be a much better team. We wouldn't be talking about Matt Stafford right now, Chad. Love it. Love it, my friend. Um, Jeff C., good to see you, bro.
2: Long-time listener. Big-time superstar. Appreciate you. Good to see you, as always, my friend. He says, hi, boys. I can't wait to see Peyton's first move. Yeah, I'm curious to see if he's going to, you know, make his uh, his presence felt on the NFL GM stage with a plum, right? Like jumping off the top rope, boom, suplex right out of the gates. We'll see. I mean, I think uh, what would qualify for that is a big trade for a starting caliber quarterback, whether that's a Stafford a Watson. I still don't think Watson's going to leave, but we'll see. Uh, or trading up picks to grab a quarterback. Those are the type of, like, blockbuster moves where it's a cat really trying to, like, you know,
3: Uh, Endear himself almost
2: Yeah but like territorial pissing Like this is my territory now
3: Watch me flex yeah, watch what I can do, John. I'm I'm better trader than you are. I think if you're waiting for a blockbuster for Peyton's first move, you're going to be disappointed. I think the first move is some house cleaning business and trimming the fat from the Broncos roster. Once he learns the Broncos roster and meets with the players or meets with the coaching staff is cutting the Driscoll's, cutting the the Boyes, you know, cutting the dead fat from the roster, then going from there. I don't think his first move is going to be to trade for Matt Stafford, but, you know, crazier things surely have happened, Chad, especially in Denver the last few years. Our friend
2: Chris, a.k.a. Blue Rock, appreciate you, my brother. And Blue Rock, Chris, man, you've come on strong, dude. I want to say, like, since January, like January, you have been just strong and consistent, and we appreciate that, my friend. So uh, thank you. He says, has there been a good Alabama quarterback drafted in recent years? Reminds me of the USC quarterbacks or the Ohio State quarterbacks. Ohio State doesn't have any claim to fame at all, like ever. Like, there's not a single successful (laughs) Ohio State quarterback in the league. USC has several, and Bama has a few from way back. I mean, Willie Joe, or Joe Willie, Joe Willie, Namath, right? And there's there's more since Namath, but, I mean, I'm going way back. Lately, though, I mean, Tua is still, you know, he's that's still up in the air. We don't know how that's going to shake out. I'm inclined to believe that he'll he'll uh, have a, a solid career. Maybe not going to be the next Russell Wilson, you know, Southpaw Russell Wilson, but, I think he's still got potential, but Zach, there's no one that really blows your hair back. I mean, AJ
3: McCarron, who else am I missing recently? Jalen Hurts, who looked really good in Philadelphia last year, under Rich Gangarello, by the way. But yeah, I think he's going to be a better pro than uh, Tua. I, I, I liked a lot what I saw from Jalen Hurts. And some of these are... Uh, you know, stereotypes and they're, they're incorrect, you know, as, assessing labels to certain prospects based on the school they go to, but at least the Broncos got the Alabama curse out of their system under Elway. They signed Kareem Jackson. So that, that uh, Crimson Tide curse has been lifted. Stu
2: McPeak, you know what we, how, how we call Stu around this, this podcast and this channel. Zeus, Zeus is in the house. He has descended from on high from the, Way up in the thin air, MHH Mount Rushmore. He is with us tonight. Love you, Stu. Appreciate you so much and everything you mean to this community and, and to our show. And you're just a great friend. Love you, buddy.
3: Yeah. Hope all is well, Stu. Thank you.
2: Uh, let me see here. Joe Harrington is spitting some fire about Locke. We feel you. By the way, if you uh, appreciate everyone on Facebook that's giving us stars like Marcus and a few others, we really do appreciate that. Every little bit helps. It all adds up. JP, good to see you, my friend, fellow drummer in the house. JP, dude, I I got to all DM you my newest my newest toy. It has a little something to do with a, a drum kit, and uh, it's it's dope, dude. Wait, I'll, I'll DM you on Twitter. But he says finished class early today, so glad I finally caught the pod tonight. You guys are awesome. Much love, Broncos country hashtag state of being. I am trying to remember, JP, you are in California, right? So I know you are not in Colorado. I am pretty sure it's it's California. So love you, bro. Appreciate you. You sign that signature, that petition, JP.
3: Let us know. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right. Um, also, I saw a few comments about the Red Bull. For what it's worth, I'm not a Red Bull fiend. I do drink one Red Bull usually on the days that we that we pod because I want to be like by the time we get on camera, it's six o'clock Mountain Time. I've been pounding out articles. I've been copy editing. I've been doing you know video stuff behind the scenes that you guys don't necessarily see. It's you see the end result. And I need a little lift to be on point, zeroed in for you guys. So anyway, what was that? Uh, what was that? Yes, thank you, all of you. Um, I'm a effing problem. I feel you. Thank you, my friend. I know you from Twitter, dude. I recognize you from Twitter. So thanks for coming over and giving us a giving us a super. He says, "What are your thoughts on calling Philly about Jalen Hurts? No way Philly moves on from Wentz with that contract." Longtime listener, first time super Bronco gang. Appreciate that, dude. It's funny you say that because I heard that little birdie say that the new head coach, what's his name? Siriano, Sirianni. Sirianni, yeah. Yeah. So his mandate, and I think one of the reasons he landed that job was he convinced the brass in in, uh, Philly that he can reclaim and fix Carson Wentz, which could put Hertz, you know, available if someone was inclined, a team were inclined to make a push, but He's also a very nice fallback plan for Sirianni, as he, in case he does fail with Wentz, which I think he will. I don't think Wentz is fixable for what it's worth,
3: but I was impressed with Hertz as a rookie. Yeah, me too. I think he was way outperforming Carson Wentz, and he looked like the future of the franchise, but. Uh, just like we mentioned, the loyalty that Elway had to Drew Locke, uh, a lot of the loyalty that Jalen Hurts had was with Doug Peterson. Now he's no longer there. Sirianni, a new head coach coming in, he's going to start the guy that they hired him to fix, like you said, which is Carson Wentz. They just hired – I know it's on the Eagles podcast, but they hired Brian Johnson to coach the quarterbacks there. That's a renowned college quarterback instructor. They are going all in to fix Carson Wentz. I don't think they move on from Hurts, though. They want to have insurance. They, in draft, they invested a second-round pick in him. If Wentz bombs, they have that failsafe in Jalen Hurts. And as the Broncos know, you cannot have too many quarterbacks if one goes awry. By the way, the reason I'm looking down – thank you for the stars, David. Um, for our, our friend, I'm a
2: effing problem. Hit me up on Twitter. We did get your super. Hopefully, you saw that, my friend. I'm responding on Twitter in case we lost you, but we did get your super. If you, if you missed it, just rewind when the broadcast is over, and and uh, you'll catch that. So appreciate you, Doc. Uh, Jay Ritchie. Good to see you, brother. Man, I just uh, the community. It's so cool, man. The way we get to know people and the way they come in. You know, they might not be able to be in every single stream. They might not be able to uh, get a comment or chat in every single stream. But over the what's been nearly two calendar years almost, Zach, that we've been doing these as live streams. It's been such a, a treat for us to get to know every, everybody as best we can on an individual level, and Jay is just a, a stud. Appreciate you, Jay. Getting rid of Locke would be a horrible mistake. Yes, he's been up and down. He's going to be special, going to shock people if given the chance, number three. Hey, man, I, I'm like a Fox Mulder, you know, from the X-Files. I want to believe, all right? I, I really do. Like I'm, I'm, I'm chasing after that, uh, that alien ship with my tinfoil hat on and my FBI badge. I'm with you. I want to see it happen. I think it can happen. I'm just not sure the Broncos new brain trust are, are feeling that
3: time will tell. Yeah. There's two schools of thought. Either Locke still has a chance or Locke is just worth moving on from. And increasingly, you know, the former camp, is uh, becoming very minute. So I still think there's some left to salvage with Locke. I do believe Peyton uh, agrees with that mindset, at least, you know, incrementally, like Chad said, that we don't know yet on January 27th, give it a few weeks and we'll have a clearer picture forming on the Broncos quarterback situation.
2: Sharon Grindstaff, by the way, Sharon, are you on Twitter? Because I noticed last night, you know, you, this, you've been, you've supered a few times over the last few months, but I know last night you supered on BTB. or are super in here. Thank you. We appreciate you. I was trying to find you to tag you on Twitter. I couldn't find a Sharon Grindstaff on Twitter. So if you're on Twitter, hey, connect with us. And if we're already connected, reach out and let us know who you are because sometimes the accounts are different. The handle on YouTube is different than on Twitter. So let us know. But thank you, Sharon. She says, if the GM decides to go with a different quarterback, do we really have to stay with Pat Shermer for continuity's sake? Do we have to? No. Is that what's happening? I think so because – I think we've, Zach, kind of moved past the window of doubt where if there was going to be kind of a Scangarello surprise, it would have happened because Fangio stood up there on his end of season presser after the 2019 season and said, no, no, no changes expected to the coaching staff. We're going to go take two weeks off, chill, come back, revisit some of our, our roster, look at the film and stuff. But yeah, no, no. then he t- comes back after two weeks and goes, you're gonzo. So that window, though, when that occurred last year, Zach, has passed. It seems like it's going to be Sherm.
3: Yeah, and at this point, they really can't go with another guy because all the OC candidates are pretty much snatched up. They have jobs for this next coming season. When you make a move like that, it has to be within the first couple of weeks, like you mentioned. But I'm of the mind where if Locke isn't the quarterback, it, it makes sense to not have Pat Shermer because we've seen what Pat Shermer can do. And if you want to draft a Zach Wilson or a Lance or a Justin Fields, and you want to saddle him with Pat Shermer who didn't do anything with Drew Locke, you want to give him a more um, you know, a significant investment? I happen to believe, and I know it's a moot point now, but if they were to move on from Locke, it makes sense to bring in a new OC because what's the difference? The quarterback would be learning a new system either way, whether it's Shermer or somebody else.
2: All right, we have, um, Kathy says, maybe Locke can go to the same sports psychologist Garrett Bulls saw that spurred his turnaround. Yeah, maybe he needs to put a ring on it, right, and get married so he's got to... He's got a missus in the house that he could work on his technique like bowls. right? That's how bowls turned the corner.
3: Maybe he should have a coach that's on the level of Mike Munchak that can help him out. That's also a possibility.
2: Yeah. But those guys are in uh, hot demand and they're already, they're already locked up. So, uh, let's see here. Bear with me. what's it? Um, I want to check something on Micah Parsons to give. John, do you have, um, You have Kenneth's Super. There it is. All right, so you already had it on screen. Hold on one sec. What happened to Mock Draftable, dude? Are they not rolling this this year? Mock Draftable. All right, here it is. I was just there. That's weird. Micah Parsons, bear with me. They're behind the eight ball, or they just haven't updated yet. I guess they haven't updated that because it's not Combine, right? So, And we're not going to get a Combine this year. I'm trying to think because Parsons is such a – he's a big human. You know, he's a big linebacker, and yet he's got that, ex- that athleticism that allows him to go sideline to sideline. I mean, from a size perspective, he, he almost, not quite, reminds me of a little bit thinner but not too much of Alexander Johnson, but just way more athletic and twitched up and explosive. I don't know. That's a good question, Kenneth, that I'd have to kind of chew on that, an
3: NFL comparison to Micah Parsons. Uh, well, he's not Luke Keekley and he's probably not going to be Navarro Bowman or Patrick Willis. I-, I can definitely see like Jalen Smith, though, from Dallas. This is a- an athletic yeah. guy, good against the run, good against the pass, but not great against pass. He has his shortcomings, but a very dynamic, sideline to sideline, three-down linebacker, which is just what the Broncos need. I'm trying to see if there's anyone
2: out there that I trust who has a good pro comp on Micah Parsons, but nothing is nothing
0: is jumping out. So I don't know. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site
1: Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal.
2: I'll DM you later, Kenneth, and see what I can come up with on that. Corey H. Appreciate you, my brother. Another guy that so if consistent, virtually weekly superstar. Are you on Twitter? If so, reach out, connect, let us know who you are so that we can follow back and start shouting you out after these shows. Appreciate you, Corey. He says, being that I'm from the Detroit area, I want everyone to be clear. Matt Stafford is not Joe Flacco, Trevor Simeon, Case Keenan, Paxton Lynch. I am no Stafford apologist by any means, but he is not those guys. All right. All right. So my question to you then, Corey, is then what is he, all right? So it's one thing to say, here's what he's not, but tell us what he is, all right? That, and our, our view on my. – I'll just speak for myself, Zach. My view on, uh, on Stafford is he is – he's one of those guys that has all the tools and traits and, and talents – to be Aaron Rodgers, but for some reason, he can't, it never comes to, and just never comes out on the wash. He can't put it together consistently. And I'm willing to be open to the possibility that it's simply organizational incompetence and that it's not all his fault. And surely it isn't all his fault. I mean, I can say that now, but to what degree, right? At the end of the day, you're either the, the tide that raises all ships or you're not. And that's my concern with him is he's not been able to consistently be that tide like a true franchise quarterback, he's paid, been paid like one. He was drafted like one, but he's not been able to truly be that tide that raises all ships, not consistently.
3: Yeah, he's like a, a really souped-up version of Drew Lock, where you know the strong arm, he looks the part, but very inconsistent, turnover-prone. He's dealt with injuries. I mean, this is a guy who's the veteran, grown-up version of all the things that people don't want Drew Lock to be, and. You mentioned, okay, he's not Case Keenum, he's not Trevor Simeon, he's not Pax Lynch, but is that really the bar? I mean, haven't we dealt with enough crap the last five years? Is that what we're settling on now? We're entering a new age in Broncos football. They have a good young nucleus of talent on the roster. Uh, they just hired a new GM, and you're going to go way back and go against the grain in the NFL for Matt Stafford because he's not Case Keenum, because he's not Joe Flacco. I just think there needs to be a higher barometer that needs to be set, Chad. The Pat Bowlen championship standard has to come back to Denver, and I don't personally believe Matt Stafford in the three years of his prime left is going to bring the Broncos back to that holy land.
2: All right, RC, you ready? Here's my impression for you. You ready? I'm all jacked up on Mountain Dew. There you go. All right, Talladega Nights, just for you. Discount Audio and Wheels, D A Dub. Our friend Tony in L A. Getting after it. Appreciate you, my friend. By the way, one of these days you got to create a Twitter account so that we can connect there and keep the combo going and and uh, tag you and shout you out after these these uh, podcasts. So. Tony says, remove the Pittsburgh game. Locke's stats, 17 games are 3,933 yards, 23 touchdowns, 18 picks, a 59.1 <clears throat> completion percentage, and no preseason last year. Keep the picks, build, build, build. If Locke falls flat, then move on. We feel you. That's like that's my that would be my plan A. I,
3: again, we just it's unclear yet exactly if George Payton shares that brain. He had five games his rookie year in which he was injured. Then he had a pandemic-ruined, injury-ruined year last year, and he was still hurt last Give him one full season where the the playing field is mostly level with a a, a full roster, no injuries, hopefully a full offseason. He has all the reps and continuity among his coaching staff. I and Chad will be the first ones to come out on Front Street and be like, listen, we were wrong on number three. He is worth moving on from, let's turn the page, But we're not there yet as far as I'm concerned. Get in one more year, have a better backup quarterback, a fail-safe on the roster, and go win football games. Great comment here from Stephen Conklin on Twitter. On Periscope, he says, I would love
2: to see our 2015 defense face this year's Chiefs team. I'd love our chances. You know, here's what made that Broncos defense so special is all three levels were elite. But I think where they could really give the Chiefs a, a run for their money is they could walk the line of getting after the passer and really harassing and hitting and sacking Patrick Mahomes. And still, you know, if, if you miss one snap, if you, you take one off or you're winded a little bit, your Von Miller or D-, D. Ware getting long in the tooth, whatever, you've got a keep to leave. You got Chris Harris, you got Bradley Rove, you got TJ Where The coverage on the back end in their prime, it was so on point. I would love to see that in some kind of you know alternate realities act. Yeah,
3: I agree with you. Can I just shift gears to this? Okay, five great years left. What has he done in the NFL that's great? Zero playoff wins. Can you If that's great, can you imagine Stafford in a bad season? Again, the barometer of the bar is way too low for a quarterback that's traditionally been treading water above average at the NFL level. I wouldn't even say he's been good in the NFL. I'd say he's been above average, but great? Mm-mm. All right, let's just take a look at it, gang. All right? He's, he's got
2: passing he's got to, yards aren't the end all be all. It, it really is not. All right. Here's this was his uh, his year of all years. Like he he made the Pro Bowl once and it was 2014, I want to say. And it was as an alternate, which right. I don't understand. That was one of his playoff years. They didn't win a game, but they got to the playoffs. Uh, Forty two hundred passing yards, 22 touchdowns. But look at his, his 2011 year, his third year in the league. Forty one touchdowns and 5,000 yards. Homie did not make the Pro Bowl. I mean, Broncos fans, you can remember that Detroit game. Broncos fans are on fire. They're riding high after you finally get Tim Tebow on the field. You have deposed Kyle Orton. He's gone. Tebow in an ugly win beats the Dolphins, comes back from a two-touchdown deficit with five minutes to go on the road in Miami and somehow wins that game. Everyone's stoked. Everyone's riding high. Then they play the Lions and get just, boom shell shot right you know to the grill. Right, Mike Tyson, punch, you're, you're down for the count. That – offense, that Detroit Lions team that year, that's the year he went just gangbusters, 41 touchdowns, only 16 picks, and uh, over 5,000 yards passing. But as you get in here, like, he's pretty safe, Zach, for hovering around 4,000. Like, he's going to get you to somewhere between 3,800 and probably 4,200 passing yards. And he's good for about somewhere between 21 and, like, 29 touchdowns on an average year. And his, you know, if you get a good year out of him, you might get 32, 33, 34, 34, the
3: best he's ever done, though, Zach, was a decade ago. That's what concerns me. Exactly. Uh, Ten years ago, and the best he's ever done was 10-6. and six.
2: Yeah, it's uh,
3: – I don't know. Look at the last three. I mean, look at the last couple of years there. Look at the records. I mean, I know you, you X out the page now, but quarterback wins, I think I believe in that more than uh, most others, Chad. Yeah, there's, it- there's something to it.
2: Let me just. What what year was it that Megatron hung it up? Was it after 2016? I think. I think it was a no because he's up for the Hall this year, right?
3: Maybe so up for 2015.
2: Yeah, I think that. I think that was his last year. So, <clears throat> so let's look at Stafford's five post Megatron years, or is it six? I don't know. Look, last year five and eleven. Year prior, he was injured for half the year. Three, four, and one. 2018, six and ten. 2017. He gave you Trevor Simeon finish nine and seven. 2016, another Trevor Simeon finish nine and seven. So then you go to 2015, seven and nine, forgettable year. 2014 is Pro Bowl year, they go 11 and 5. That was his, you know, as far as as far as winning games as a Detroit Lion, that was his most productive. But his two biggest years in the in the league the lions won 10 and 11 games. And if I saw it more than twice in a 12 year period, I'd be a little bit more inclined to be as excited as some of those Broncos fans that are just completely sold on the notion of selling out to, to get Matthew Stafford.
3: He also hasn't thrown for more than 30 touchdowns since Megatron retired. And the last couple of years, it was, it was a downturn. He threw for 19 a few years ago. So make of that what you will, I guess.
2: Young, young hog, eight Oh six. Thank you for that. Super chat, my friend. Stick around. Good to see you. Welcome. And he says, much love, fellas. I know that's not the first time that you've supered, but uh it's good to have you. Really appreciate you. And we are rapidly approaching the one hour mark. We got to say goodbye here shortly. But Jay, thank you for the super chat again. He says, Thanks, fellas, for great talk. Last question: What is the future of the running back position? Is Gordon the running back one again? Do we go free agent? I think Philip Lindsay may be gone. A draft prospect. There are some interesting options in this year's draft for what it's worth, but there's uh, an article coming out tonight from uh, Keith Cummings, Mile High Huddle's Keith Cummings, touching on this very topic about, you know, we heard – I'm trying to remember if it was in during his introduction presser or if it was in like a one-on-one with the team site. might even have been a radio appearance. But I heard George Payton say, as far as the Broncos are concerned, it's all about drafting and developing – and then we're not in the business of letting our best players walk out the door. Well, Zach, I'm sorry, but I'm still of the opinion, even after an injury riddled year, like it was for Philip Phillip in 2020, he is one of your best players and you developed him, you know, Curtis Modkins, he hit it out of the park with Philip Lindsay. Why would you walk away from that now? So I think it's a pretty safe bet. Still, they're going to RFA tender him second round level, yeah. probably going to be somewhere around $3.2 million, which is going to be a, four or five times uh, what he's he's made these last few years. So that'll be a nice little boost for him. But it's still not for sure because Melvin Gordon has a cap number this year of $8.9 million. So do you really want to have $14 million committed to the running back position? That's where it starts getting, you know, dollars and cents come into the equation.
3: I I agree though. I, I mean, to pick up Philip Lindsay's tender, even three and a half million bucks is a bargain for a two-time thousand yard rusher, former pro bowler, arguably the biggest game breaker when he's healthy you have on the Broncos offense. I would not uh, let him walk for the sake of letting him walk. Melvin Gordon's his DUI cases up in the air right now. The Broncos can void his guarantees, get out of that contract. I think it's a certainty the Broncos upgrade that room, but I think the guy they're going to upgrade on is not Melvin Gordon or Philip Lindsay. It's Royce Freeman. They need a better third-down running back, maybe more explosive or a better uh, three-down capable player. I do think they'll make a move there, but don't expect a first or second-round running back to enter the fold in April. Chris P., thank you for that super chat. Make
2: sure you connect with us on Twitter. He says, keep locked and draft uh, defense. Patrick Sertan or Caleb Farley corners. Uh, Zayman Collins, the linebacker. Also, Kelberman, I like the way you think. Thank you, Chris. Yeah, we – We agree on that for what it's worth. We still are saying corner linebacker, pick nine, Uh, a black knight back in. Appreciate (laughs) you, my friend. Still waiting on Zach versus Nick Stafford debate for a whole episode. Yeah. Yeah. Nick is way in on Stafford. I mean, way in. I don't know. He's, I know he's very, um, tantalized by the prospect of landing Matthew Stafford. So that would be something maybe, maybe we set that up for our, uh, for our Facebook support or something like that. Mm,
3: yeah. I'm cracking my knuckles already. I mean, you know, I respect Nick's football knowledge, but him and I, when it comes to the Broncos, we're kind of a uh, antithesis opposite ends of the spectrum. So I'd love to go toe to toe with him one day. We'll see what we can do. That, that, that might make for a nice piece
2: of content. Good idea. Joshua shadow, our last super chat. And then we got to get out of here for tonight. Appreciate you, my friend. And it's been great to have you in the community. I know uh, maybe you've been one of those, uh, you know, for lack of a better term, lurkers. And you only started commenting and, and super chatting lately, but it's just been great having you in the community. And, and we appreciate your support, my friend. He says, call me crazy, but I want Locke to come out next season with a chip on his shoulder. We saw the fun Locke, the swag-filled Locke. I want to see the angry Locke, quote, you want this job? Come get it. Yeah, dude, I, I do too. I think it'd be cool to see, man. I, I want to see Locke pissed off with something to prove.
3: I put on, I put on for my city. That's I, I <laughs> want to see that lock back. I want to see him have fun out there and and be hyped up. When he was rapping on the bench, chat in 2019, he was being billed as the next great young quarterback in the NFL. And it's unfortunate that a pandemic and an injury ruined roster and his own inconsistencies kind of ruined that that trajectory. But I'm still willing at least to give him another shot. I'm not saying go all in and and sign no one and make him the understood 16 game starter, but just see in a balanced level, sort of fair year what he can do on this Broncos offense. Hey man, for what it's worth, I can remember. So Baker
2: Mayfield drafted number one overall 2018 has a very impressive rookie campaign. They fall just short of the playoffs. They make a really bad decision on the coaching level his 2019 campaign year two was not only forgettable, but these same type of comments and questions and takes on on Drew now were the same type of things that were, be saying, were, were being said about Baker Mayfield. Bust. Turns out the Browns can't draft a quarterback, you know, or Cleveland ruined Baker. All that stuff, and then he bounced back with a plum in the third year. But the one thing he had, Zach, go ahead and say
3: it. Coaching. I was going to let you say, I was going to give you the ball to spike chat in the end zone, but yeah, Kevin Stefanski is just a monster upgrade on Freddie kitchens. And if the Broncos would have brought in a, I'm throwing a name out there, Kellen Moore, he would have been a monster upgrade on Pat Shermer. And that's what unlocks no pun intended. A young quarterback. Good. If not great coaching. Muhammad MHH male model superstar. Appreciate you,
2: bro. The super sticker thumbs up. We do appreciate that in you very, very much, but guys, We got to get out of here for tonight. Thank you so much for spending some time with us, and also shout out here to Mason. Glad you could catch us live, my friend. Hey, it's not hard to remember. Every day, seven days a week, Mile High Huddle has a live stream podcast from 6 p.m. Mountain to seven, six to seven hour block. It put aside. You can be in every live stream. You don't have to guess when we're going to be live. You don't have to try and, and anticipate. It's every day six to seven. So good to have you, but we got to get out of here, so we want to keep the conversation going, guys. When when we get out of these live streams, it doesn't have to end here. How you can keep that going with us is by, first and foremost, connecting on Twitter, at HuddleUpPod, and then our main account, at MileHighHuddle, Zach's personal account, at Kelberman NFL, myself, at Chad and Jensen, and then, of course, our producer, Bwana Beast on Twitter, though, at John K. MHH. The other way that you can keep the conversation going with us is is by heading over to milehighhuddle.com where we are publishing articles not only day after day but i mean it's it's hour after hour. I mean we are our site is as probably the most prolific in the Broncos blogosphere for lack of a better term. I mean we're we're touching on all the issues and it's not just the news, it's not just the mock drafts and reacting to that stuff you know it's not just the the rumors it's not we're talking draft we're talking salary cap we want you there commenting sharing your takes you know giving us feedback on our takes right cuz when we write an article and and we share a take or we assert a certain point of view if you disagree we want to hear why if you agree we want to hear why so those are the two ways to keep the conversation going we definitely want you to do that so um, in the meantime, guys, we're off uh, tonight. Of course, we'll we'll be back tomorrow for the Mile High Mailbag. We look forward to that. Check out the merch store, HuddleUpPod.com. Get your swag on. And then one more, PSA. Head on over to Facebook to our page, Mile High Huddle. Become a supporter. Big blue button. You're in like Flynn. You'll get access to Kelberman's Corner on Sunday at uh, noon with Zach and Kim. And then also, like I said, that was a good idea, the, the Nick versus Zach debate for – uh, on the on the topic of Matthew Stafford, that might make for some good content. So maybe we'll work that into our, our Facebook supporter benefit package here. We'll, we'll let you know in the near future. But thank you so much, guys. Don't forget to like and share before you get out of here, especially like. All right. But if we did a good job for you, if you like what you saw tonight, if you like what you heard, share this video out there. Share this episode out there. When you see us, tweet the links on Twitter, retweet them. Help us continue to grow and reach Broncos fans just like you. Other than that, Zach, let's get out of here, and uh, we'll see see everybody tomorrow.
3: Yes, sir. Uh, tomorrow night's the Mile High Mailback. If any of you guys have questions for us going into the pod, be sure to hit us up on Twitter. Uh, we'll have Luke back on tomorrow night from the Senior Bowl. Hopefully he's heard some rumblings about Matt Stafford, Drew Locke, the Broncos quarterback, or some of the best prospects there. But our favorite pod of the week, we will see you guys then, 6 p.m. Mountain Time. Don't be late.
1: You've been listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration's pushing radical gender experiments on children